Welcome back to the SC Oz. I'm here with JC and Cody for the first time on the SC Oz, boys. So welcome on. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Pleasure is all mine. So today we are going to be talking about Geelong and Essendon's preview for the season. And Cody did not want to miss this one. He said, I want to air out my thoughts live on the podcast. So I'm interested to see where you're going to go with it for I here. Might, I might surprise you. Yeah, I might. Yeah, probably not. But uh, if you want to listen to the other episodes, we've covered all the other teams from the bottom of the ladder going up. So today we'll start with the 12th team in Geelong. Before we uh, give our predictions on them, their first four games are against the the Saints, the Crows, the Hawks, and the Dogs. How do you think they start those first four games? I reckon they start one, two, and two. I was going to say one and three. Two and two, one and three. Yeah, two and two, one and three, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, for me, I'm two and two as well. Who needs a big year for Geelong, obviously? They had the... Dip last year in form, finishing 12, first time out of the eight in a long time. Who needs to have a big year? I'm going to go Ollie Henry first up. Come across from Collingwood the year before. I think he had some patches last year where he's showing the player that he can be, minus that running into open goal and Darcy Moore tackling him. <laughs> uh, I love that. Always, always bring the pause. <laughs> yeah. Got to do it. And the Knicks. But, um, and the Knicks. But, yeah, I think he needs to have a big year. Um, obviously, went over with his brother there, Jack. Yeah, I think he's probably due for a big year, especially with Hawkins probably maybe entering his last year. Cameron, um, he's still got years left in him, but you know, probably the perfect person to learn off would be Jeremy Cameron. I'd love to be a young forward coming up with him teaching me the ropes. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think he's he's due for a big year. JC, who have you got? I reckon probably someone like a I don't know if it's a Bose or even a Sam DeKoenig. Like yep. need to step up a bit. You look at the additions over the off season; they didn't really add a whole heap. They didn't really trade for much, as we know. They're like the old, the old heads, yeah, the dad's club. So um, they need some of the the young blokes already been there to step up and and give them a bit more. I think um, DeCone can be pretty competitive. He's a pretty big body; just needs to grow into it a bit more. And feel like the big blokes always take a bit longer to to mature. So if you can give them give them an option, then uh, yeah, it'll go a long way. Another player for me is Tanner Brune, who come across from GWS. Obviously, he had a season under his belt last year, but they've sort of brought him across now. I think he needs to step up into that category where he's not just a player that is actually in the team, but he actually makes a big impact into that, whether that's playing more midfield minutes, whatever it is. But yep. for me, I think he needs to have a big year because he basically said to GWS, I want more playing time, and now he's going to get it, I think, at Geelong. He needs to do that. Who is going to have a big year? Who can you lock in to have a big year? What's up? Um, I'm going to lock in Jai Clark, who is pick eight in the 2022 draft, I think. Yep. First rounder, at least. I think he's a Geelong Falcons boy, so you know Geelong loves to get the Footy factory. Yeah, the Geelong Falcons footy factory. Apparently, he was a Joel Salwood mould, so I think – I'm not sure if he had any injuries or whatnot last year. He only played the one game last year, so I think – with Geelong aging a little bit, as Joel just mentioned, I think some of the um, younger players coming through need to start leading the charge a little bit more. So I think, yeah, he's a player that um, hopefully has a big year for him and can show, yeah, what he can do, seeing as he was a yeah top 10 draft pick. Well, funnily enough, I actually had Jack Bowes down as my player that I think will have a big year. And it's because you've got rid of your Salwood. I know Salwood's been, <clears throat> been gone for a little bit longer now, but I think that the impact that that has – You've also got Menangola, who's left. Isaac Smith, I think, is a massive one yeah, who's left the big, club. I think he's a big loss. And I think Mitch Duncan and Patrick Dangerfield are really yeah. towards that end of it Zach, now. Zach, too, is starting yep. to get on a little bit too. So. so I think someone like Jack Bowes, again, come across from 
a club and wants to have that culture and that impact, well, I think it's time. And I think he will step up this year and play a, a pivotal role. I don't think he'll be in all the train smoky like I've put in for the other ones, but I think that he'll have a really good year. JC? Yeah, I'm thinking like like we you spoke about Tanner Tanner Bruin or however you say his name. I think him and like Max Holmes need to step up, sort of give him you know a bit more in the midfield. Like I said, the older boys are on the way out, so they need to take over. And yeah, it needs to be like the younger boys winning them games, not yeah. Salwoods and Duncan's and Zach Tui's and yeah, Isaac Smith was and Danger da- yeah, players like that. Hundred percent. Like they don't have to come in like Nick Dacos throughout the year, and you know, obviously just star across across the field. But I still think. That there's so much room for improvement with the list that they've got. I'm very, I'm, I'm super interested to see where you boys are going to land on where they finish. Obviously, their wish list for me, putting it down to the team, is that next crop of players like we spoke about to embrace that culture. But where, where do we see them finishing this year? Um, give your thoughts on how it's going to run out. I think they're probably going to finish around that 12th to 14th, 15th mark, probably. I think they could probably finish as high as like 9th. Just because it's Geelong and yeah. they've been so good for so long, they'd r- rarely ever have a bad year or have a dip. They're yeah. normally one of them teams that can rebuild on the spot, as we've seen over the last well, yeah, 10 years, 10, 11 years. But, you know, does it get to a point? Because la- last year they didn't bring anyone in through the trade period at all. It was just all um, draft picks. So um, normally – has been the Geelong Molders that they've brought in them mature players to just keep topping up and topping up and topping up. So it might be due for a lean year, but yeah, it's obviously it's Geelong and they're always competitive. So it's hard hard to see them drop off too far, but yeah, I reckon probably around that 12, 11, 13th mark. It's hard probably. to know. I reckon probably, yeah, probably 10 to 12th. The sort of, they're hard to beat down in Geelong. So, you know, they've got half, half their games at home. So that was, yeah. not that they're going to win them all, but, They'll be competitive at least, and, and they might snag a few away as well. So I think, yeah, around around the 10, 9 tenth maybe. You boys are more optimistic than me. I reckon alarm bells are going off when you've got one of the best backmen currently and has been for a while in Tom Stewart that they're saying, hey, we need to play him in the midfield. Yeah. So they're lacking in the midfield, and then you're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul and play him mm. in the midfield. And obviously, I don't know Sava Radical is not an absolute world beater. Having players like that down, Blitzavs, where are they going to play him? There's just a lot of plays that you go, is Jack Blows going to play in the midfield? Is he going to be on the back flank? Where are you going to play these players? I think yeah. if they don't, they don't know where they're going to be playing these players and they're going to be experimenting, for me, that screams alarm bells. And I've got them between 13th to 16th. I think that Oofed. they could really drop off this year. Yep. Yeah, okay. So the rest of the other podcasts, I know I sound a bit harsh on it now. The other ones, I've basically kept the teams where they were. And we know that's not how the ladder works. Yeah. So there's got to be a team that drops down a little bit. And unfortunately for Geelong supporters out there, not unfortunately, stuff them. They've been <laughs> yeah, up there for that bloody long time. Wouldn't hurt me one little bit to see Geelong hold the ladder up. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't. Does Chris Scott see out his time in Geelong for a while? I think he has. Yeah, I think, I think he does. Yeah. I know they won a flag, what, 18 months ago? There's no there's no damage of him having, say, they start the year one and six and you go, oh, no, I don't think so. It, it wouldn't, yeah. I don't think so, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they got, you know, if they were off to a rocky start, they got halfway through the year and they sort of thought, well, now might be the time to to change it up, give someone, you know, six months or a, f- a few months at it yeah. anyway and then uh, build into the next it's, year. It's hard to because he's never really needed to rebuild. Yeah. Because he obviously inherited Geelong after they won a flag two years prior. Was there 2011, wasn't he? Was his first yes. year when they won? Yep. Yeah. So obviously he's, he inherited a premiership list. 
And ever since 2011, they've just made finals after finals after finals and prelims and grand finals and whatnot. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if if they do drop off like you think that they do. He might not even be interested in the rebuild. The rebuild. Yeah. That, you know that, what was, I mean? that was my next point. Yeah, he might. Is he going to be willing to stick around for three to five years? Like yeah. they, you heard after they won the flag that he potentially not going to like be around when they won the flag yeah. a couple of years ago. So I don't see him sticking around for much longer. So that's why I'm questioning. He must think that they've got a bit more in them left in the squad to get back into the A, yeah. I reckon, to hang around. I yeah. think so. Like I said, I think, I think if they have a decent start to the year, he'll probably see it out. And then, uh, yeah, but if they have a rocky start, he might yeah. just – It'll be a mutual thing, I'm sure, between everyone, as it always is. Yeah, but, of course. Um, yeah, could they be, might tap him on the shoulder. It could be similar to like a Dimmer situation in Richmond. Like, yeah, exactly right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're sort of come to the end of their, you know, premierships and whatnot and Dimmer's sort of just gone, you know what, I've had enough, I need a bit of a break and and six months later he's coaching someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a similar situation to that. Yes or no, he's there at the end of the at the end of the season. Chris Scott is yeah, there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say he's there. I'll say yes. Yeah. I'll say no because of where I've gotten position on the yeah. ladder. That makes sense from there. Jeremy Cameron's another one who's going to be interesting this year to see how he performs. Obviously, started the year off like a house on fire and people were going Brownlow. He's in for a Brownlow yeah. season here. And then obviously injuries played up to him. Do you think we get a full season out of Jeremy Cameron? Does he potentially go into the midfield or, again, you can't be doing that? No, nah, nah, no midfield for Jeremy yeah, Cameron. He needs to start forward. He's too damaging. He's, yeah, yeah. he's, he's too good. I reckon when he's up and about, he's top five players to watch in the AFL. Yeah. Easily, yeah. yeah. When he's on, he's on. When he's on. You can't have him in your house, I don't yeah. think. And like, who's going to replace what he does down the forward line if he's in the midfield? Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see, I've said it interesting about 900 times today, <laughs> where Tom Hawkins, I think this would be his last year as well. I think got to be. That's, yeah. And that's the issue. You've got all these crops of players like your Tui's, like your Mitch Duncan's, who hasn't seen much game time over the last couple of years. Really coming towards the end of it, I think Chris Scott will join him, but we'll wait you to see on that. Um, Tom Hawkins got close to going somewhere else at the end of last year because he took so long to sign his one-year deal or whatever. There was rumours that... Uh, I reckon, if anything, he was probably close to retiring yeah, more than going. I reckon, I reckon the same, yeah. It was more sort of... Couldn't see him going you know, anywhere else. Do I really? hang around for I another couldn't year? couldn't see him going from a farm in Geelong to having to go into a city. To nah, no way. After how long he's been doing it for, but... I think that was the way up. And I, he potentially might be that bloke that's sort of on-field coach and then transition into yeah. a role off the field. Yeah. See how it goes from there. Now it's time, boys. Let's Here get in. Go. Let's get into my Don's. Obviously, very disappointing end to the year last year. Check if your microphone's off and Jack hasn't turned them <laughs> off. <laughs> check, if they're back, check if they're still on, sorry, and you haven't turned them off on us. No, I haven't turned them off. I'm interested to hear your opinions on it because I've actually written down here before I get into their first four games of the year, you just don't know what you're going to get with them. And that's yep. that's been the issue for a bloody long time. We all know that. Where do we steer with it? The first four games, they've got the Hawks, Swans, Saints, and the Power. I'll give them a, I'll give them a two and two. Who do they beat? Hawks and Saints. Where do, how do you sit? I'm going to say same, a two and two, but it could be a one and a three or it could be a four. It could be a four nil. You just don't know. Yeah. I, I see you being Hawks and the Saints. Only thing is Swans and Port are away, so Adelaide Oval and SCG. So that's a tough one. It's a tough game. As yeah. I was looking at it on paper earlier preparing for this, I was like, we'll probably go and lose to Hawthorne. We'll beat the Swans, yeah. then we'll, like that. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll spank the Saints and then get spanked by the Port. Yeah. You, just, you just don't know how... That's going to do, but that's why we're doing this now for a bit of a preview before the season. Who needs to have a big year for Essendon? Um, I'm going to go with Nick Cox. Yep. 
he needs to do something. He came into the league three years ago, I think. Yep, he did. Roughly three or four Just years ago. COVID. As right, COVID yeah, hit. and everyone thought that he was going to be the next big thing. He's unicorn. And he was just going to absolutely dominate the league from day dot. I know he's had a f- some injuries. Yeah, I don't know. One thing with him is where's his best position? Well, that's his two hundred odd centimeters. Like you can't play him on a wing. You probably can, yeah. but like you can't play you know him on a wing. But then you can't play him as a center half back either because he's just going to get pushed off the ball. Yeah, how light he is. Yeah. String bean. Yeah, and like up forward, he's probably going to be the same thing. He's probably going to keep getting injured because he's going to be getting them cracking, crashing them contests and get copping the big hits. So. If you put him up forward, you've got Peter right there. You've, you've already got enough big bodies in mid-size yeah. blokes like Stringer, Langford, and then also bring in this year's draft pick, which we brought in Nate Caddy, yeah. who looks to be he looks to be the goods. He looks to be the goods, mm-hmm. but obviously it's only yeah. very early. You haven't seen him play an official game yet. Yeah. JC, where are you steering? I'm looking at like Jordan Ridley. I thought I thought he dropped off a bit last year from where he was yep. in prior years, and I think if you can have him sort of steering the ship down there a bit and and standing back up, the younger players will step up as well. Um, they've got plenty of them there. I think that helps with bringing Mackay in, which can free Ridley up a little bit because he sort of had to play that key defender last year. Yeah, true. Undersized a little bit because they didn't really have anyone else. So what it was was yeah. you had Zerk Thatcher who, fair enough, he won like four or five games for us by saving at the games. But at the same time, he cost us nine or ten games. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. that was the big issue there. And then you're having Hawkins kick a bag on, geez, I'm having nightmares. <laughs> Coming back to me now, just thinking about it. But you get in that bloke like Mackay, who, yes, we paid overs for, but we're patching a hole, which was needed to do. And I think the support then of Laverde to go on a smaller bloke and then Ridley to have that peel off yeah. as a defender will Free really up. help. But I agree. I think he really did drop off towards the end of the season. One for me is Archie Perkins. Now, I went and watched round one last year. So, obviously, we're doing a little bit more insight on Essendon as I'm a supporter. <laughs> but he goes and kicks three goals and has 22 in the first round. And I'm going, okay, this is his year this year. He's going to really turn it on. But it's only a glimpse of what you're seeing. Like, yeah. people go, oh, he's strung through the hips and he's powerful, whatever the fuck that even means. <laughs> um, but he fades in and out of games way too often. And I think, for me, I think he's very, I don't want to say overrated. I just think. He's potentially hasn't reached yet. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be the right you answer. Know if he's going, going to for. get there, or? yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think he's going to reach that potential where people actually think he's going to reach. Yeah, yeah. I like think where he, do you play I him as well? He, yeah, well, that's that's a good question. I think he can, like you said. I think he's I think his ceiling is reasonably high, but whether he's going to get there or not is another question. Is he going to crack in the midfield when you've got Merritt, Parish there, Setterfield, Hobbs? Yeah, probably, probably not. And that's the next question. But who is going to have a big year this year? Um, you go, right, I'm on this bike. I think, like you just mentioned, Ben Hobbs. I, I You're love, big on him. I love Ben Hobbs. He's my favourite Essendon player by a mile. I just think he's just just a tough footballer in and under. Like, just there's nothing – I don't find there's nothing flashy about him. Like, he's not – Traditional um, footballer. Yeah, he's just a good traditional hard-nosed, like, footy player. And I think that's what you need in your teams. Like, he's not going to have your – 35 and kick you two from the middle, but like he'll just show up week after week. Sort of, I find he sort of reminds me a little bit of like Callum Ward. Like Callum Ward's not like your typical superstar flashy, yeah. you know what I mean? But like he just gets the job done week in, week out. And I think that's probably someone that Essendon needs in their midfield because you got Merritt, Parrish on the outside doing doing what they do, whereas you probably lack that, you know, bloke that's just going to, you know, put his head down just – get to work type thing. So yeah, I'll rate Ben Hobbs very highly. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with some of their recruits. So I think Jay Gresham. Oh yeah. And Toddy Goldstein. I think Toddy Goldstein's gonna to be big. I rate him. 
I really do. Even at his age, though. At his age, he's only got like probably one, one year, in. maybe two. But I think this, like this year, he'll he'll give a good chop out for Draper. Like he's a good ruckman. I think he was underrated. Obviously playing at North. Goldstein's still probably one of the premier like tap ruckman. Tap ruckman. Most yeah. tap outs in the history of the game. Yeah, All right, yeah. he's I, I rate him highly. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think he's a bit underrated because he's always just played at North, and everyone just writes off North, yeah, as they should. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think Gresham will come in and and play a massive role, I think, first. Well, we've heard it a lot of times with Dandoro that he's, you know, finally got the right thing, finally got the right thing. But instead of, I think, getting 177 half-forward flanker and trying to turn him into a premier midfielder, he will be playing up forward a lot more and create that little bit of a spark up forward. One for me, I think the obvious one that I'll pick you out is probably Darcy Parrish. I think this very, very similar. He dropped off on the form that he had the year before where he was amassing 40 possessions yeah. and all of that. And I think the issue with Essendon's midfield is they don't kick enough goals as a midfield either. Yeah. Merritt doesn't kick enough goals. Parrish doesn't kick enough goals. Setterfield, when he actually was fit, didn't kick enough goals. And I don't think Setterfield should even be starting in Essendon's lineup, to be honest with you. And another bloke that I really, really like, so obviously Parrish I think needs to step up and have some sort of score involvement, whether it's the goals itself or assists. But Elijah Sardis, who was their number five pick in last year's draft, not the one that's just gone, but he had a knee injury last year and it ruled him out for massive parts of the season. And uh, towards the end of it, he played the last couple of games and was around that 20 possession mark. So potentially could be a rising star if you're not looking at your Harley Reeds and that. He might be uh, one with huge upside, um, a bit like the rest of us and list, which just stuffed me over for the last 15 years. Um, speaking of the off-season recruits, I just want to go through them quickly because I was obviously Essendon's had a big carousel of them coming around. Yep. Xavier Dersma, yes or no? Um, yeah, I think... Starts or doesn't start? I think he starts. I think he's warranted a spot on your wing. Yeah. I definitely think he should be in your Over wing. Over Durham and Martin, though? I don't know about starting on the wing. Probably not starting, but I think he should be at least in a rotation somewhere yeah. of a wing or like a half-forward. I think he's... Um, obviously, yeah, I can he'll... Add to your team, definitely. Without seeing too much, of him, yeah. I think, yeah, he can give that spark if, yeah. he's, if he's just got a role, not a full-time role like he's like starting or anything, but he can come in and pinch it and, and give a bit of electricity to the team. Yeah, You've had your thoughts on Goldstein. I think it's the same in terms of he'll actually help Draper's rock craft as well. Let's look at him. He can't really kick a footy. He's just more X factor and it's like, geez, what is this bloke doing? Yeah. He's just running around like a headless chook and it's good to see sometimes, but you need that bit of a structure. Jay Gresham, like I said, is – an interesting one. I think he probably has the most upside for mm. for the long term. Uh, ben Mackay. So do you think, obviously, do you think, one, we've paid overs for him? Yes. And two, do you think that he will actually be the solution to the problem? I think you have paid overs for him, but yeah. absolutely. name one big fella in the AFL that probably isn't getting paid more than what they're worth. Or big, sorry, I've rephrased that, big key defender that's not getting paid more than what they're worth if your team needs them because you have to pay overs for them because there's not many of them. They are they are a bit of a rare breed. They are a rare breed. And it's a void that he's needed to fill. So He's not in that echelon of Sam Cole he's not. Sam Taylor. Nah, he's not. That's it, the thing. That's, yeah. that's why Moore. I think it's overs. Like, yeah. I was shocked when I saw what they, yeah. what they it was giving him. So. When, obviously, like, with the free agency, Obviously, everyone knew that he was probably going to be leaving North. And there was like, it's always that 50-50 when you hear the commentator or like the special experts or whatever you want to call them say like, you know, he's worth every part of 800000 rah, rah, rah. And then the next part goes, mate, I wouldn't even give him six. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a constantly changing too though. So yeah. 
you sort of forget that over time. But I think, I, don't know. I think the thing that's missing in that is he's got a heavily front-ended contract. So like yeah. the first couple of years, it's over a million, I think, was being reported. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. from there, I think it goes down to like 400000 or something yeah. like that. Whether, yeah, or not, okay. whether or not that's true. Um, that's just still on, on average to be earning, yeah, 800 ish, yeah. which is overs. Let's, which is overs, yeah, we can all agree. I've got a good question for you Would you rather be paying him that or Sam Darcy that? Oh, <laughs> Sam Darcy. Uh, I wouldn't, Sam Darcy's struggling to get into the Bulldogs exactly team right. at the moment. So, good question, actually. It's more, I think Sam Darcy's well, Sam obviously Darcy's a high up draft pick. Yeah, what's his potential? Is all right, Sam Darcy could easily, he's easily. Ten times better than Ben McKay. <laughs> that's really. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I reckon easily would be ten times better than Ben McKay. His ceiling, I think. At his at his ceiling. Obviously, he's yeah. not cracking at the moment, yeah. but I don't know, you never know what's going to happen this year. But yeah, again, you, yeah. Do you pay off potential? Or do you pay off for what it is? I like that curveball from you, JC. Obviously, Essendon losing a couple in the off season as well. Not to the same extent as what Geelong's left. Massimo D'Ambrosio, which is an interesting one to Hawthorne. He'll play a bit of time there down back. Tipper, we knew that was going to happen. Yep. Andrew Phillips, actually serviceable considering when he came across, yeah. I was like, what yeah. the hell is he going on here? I uh, still remember what would have been like two or three years ago, uh, Anzac Day game. Grundy, bad he luck. absolutely took him to the cleaners. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there going, what, Who is, this what is going on? <laughs> it's wild. Uh, uh, it's giving me PTSD. Uh, which we love to see. And then the rest of them, Brian Zirk Thatcher. Again, I think that's an upgrade, whether it's a Sam Darcy upgrade, who knows <laughs> from there. Righto. The wish list, I think I don't need to spell it out here on the podcast of what the wish list Essendon fans and the club want. But where are they finishing? Rise, fall, stay. The floor is yours, Cody Vincitorio. I'm going to say that they squeeze into the eight and just finish. <laughs> what? <laughs> so they just finish in the eight. I reckon they'll finish eight. That's outrageous by you. Yeah. What, what's the what's the thought process behind that? Looking at the players that you've got in, as we was talking about, like um, Nate Caddy, Gresham, Todd Goldstein, I think he'll play a role. And then the ones that we obviously spoke about earlier that need to have a big year. I think I just think that's going to click for them. Not click in the regards of like yeah. take that next step in a top four premiership type scenarios, but I think it's going to click and is will squeeze into finals because I think it needs it needs to happen. I'm going to say I'm going to say. Very but similar. In saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if they just miss out on finals either. So you've got him in that middle. It'll be like eight, eight to ten. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm highest have, is eighth, lowest is ten. I'm going to have him about the same, about the same as Geelong. I reckon. Like I think potentially they can squeeze into the eight. Looking at their additions and whatnot, similar with at the risk of bringing up the Knicks again. They're similar to the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> They've recruited what they needed. I think. Like I think Goldstein's going to help out a bucket load. Like he's going to be underrated, and I think. Gresham and then Caddy and Dersmer, I think will give give a spark as well. So, yeah, I'm going to say eight to ten. Uh, All right, you want to hear it? Do do we have time? (laughs) Yeah, it's. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, and you can let me know if this is a cop out or not. And if not, I can change my answer. But I generally think they will either finish thirteenth or sixth. I don't think I don't I don't think it's going to be in that middle because I think if they start well, it's like okay, things are actually gelling. One more year under Brad Scott, but if things don't work well, it's just here we go again. And the club, you've seen at the end of the year how they capitulated when shit went wrong. If they can fix that up, like when we played Adelaide last year, we were fifth on the ladder with like five rounds to go. And everyone was like, okay, maybe yeah. they're all right. And then obviously the decline, yeah. whether it was fitness, whether it was commitment, whatever it was, soft cock artists, I don't know. For me, I generally think it's one or the other. And I, I don't think we're going to be sitting around that mediocre thing. It's, I think it's either going to work and it's like, okay, Essen's back. 
or it's going to be a complete failure. And it's going to be a lot. These recruits haven't worked or the players, I mean, it's just completely mundane. Yeah. Is that a cop out or is no, that, that fair? That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I do hope it's the latter though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast will not uh, be continued throughout uh, <laughs> the year if that happens. But we're all looking forward to AFL season. We did it last week with the other boys just to finish off the episode. Last week we did Brownlow medal. This week we're going to do the Coleman medal. Who's going to win the Coleman medal this week? And it's this week. It's this week. Jesus. Quick, quick fire from the hip. Um, Jesus Christ. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie Kerno. I'm going to go Toby Green. Ooh, kicked 66 goals last year yeah. too, so that's big by you. I'm going to go Toby Green. He's good. Or um, a King brother. A King brother. One it, of the either, either one of them. Maybe Gold Coast one. I forget which one he is. Ben or Max? Which one's Gold oh, Coast no. one? Max, isn't it? Max. We'll, go, we'll, roll, we'll I, roll with Max. I reckon Joe Dan Hur wins it this year. I think he's in for a big year, and I don't like to hear it, but uh, <laughs> that is what it is. All right. Thanks for coming on, boys. I appreciate it. No, pleasure is all else. Who have we got next week? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I'm looking at it right now, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> right. Um, Adelaide is one of them, I know, and the Bulldogs. Right on. Good yes. job. So we do our research here at the SC. Sam Darcy might get another mention. Yes, he will. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you next week. See ya. Cheers.